G'day folks, thanks for joining me for another edition of The Music Show. I'll be sharing with you new albums from Bob Dylan, not from his archive releases. Metallica, Van Morrison, Swedish duo Mother Jack. From Melbourne, the Teskey Brothers and singer-songwriter Freya Hollick. While my album from The Attic is a rare 1971 live album from the Orman Brothers Band. In addition, Ray Manzarek will talk about the Doors in their infancy and I'll play for you part of a live Doors performance from 1966. Sydney band Kings of the Sun can trace their roots back to 1983 when they call themselves the Young Lions. Despite a number of lineup changes throughout their stop-start journey, founder member, drummer, singer-songwriter Clifford Hode recently produced their ninth album, Raised on Rock. Here's an example. Black Dog, just a sample of the exciting music to be found on the new Kings of the Sun album called Raised on Rock. One of my most played albums of 2016 is titled The Unceremonious Junking of Me, the second release from Ballarat singer-songwriter-musician Freya Hollick, who draws on folk, country and bluegrass influences to clothe her deeply personal songs. Let's have a listen to some of A Man is the Water.
an engaging live performer and an insightful, intelligent songwriter backed by Cat Mere playing fiddle on A Man Is The Water. Bob Dylan has released 37 albums in his 54-year career, but he's never released a three-disc recording until this year, 2017. Triplicate will be Bob's follow-up to his 2016 pop covers album of Frank Sinatra-inspired songs called Fallen Angels. From his new album, here's Bob with a song recorded in 1959 by Sinatra for his album No One Cares called I Could Have Told You. new album triplicate 30 timeless songs from across the great american songbook we heard a portion of a relatively obscure frank sinatra song called i could have told you 
Later this year, a 50th anniversary edition of The Doors' debut album will be released with bonus tracks. In the meantime, Doors fans may want to investigate a more recent release, seven live tracks that mark the earliest known recordings of the band in 1966 at a club on the Sunset Strip called the London Fog. The tracks include only two original compositions, a remainder of covers of songs by Muddy Waters, Wilson Pickett, Little Richard and another classic blues that we'll play in just a moment. The tracks are released on CD in an individually numbered limited edition box that also includes a handwritten set list, unsigned, photos of the doors on stage, posters, one that boldly announces the doors banned from Venice, as in Venice Beach, with Rhonda Lane, Go Go Girl, and a 10-inch vinyl copy of the album. And before I play some of the music for you, let's have a listen to Ray Manzarek reminiscing about the doors in their infancy. We played at the uh, we played at a place on the strip called the London Fog, just down the street from the Whiskey and Go-Go. We were the D band. There was only one band. There was a tiny little hole in the wall, and nobody came into the place. And um, except fortunately, the booking girl from the Whiskey and Go-Go came down in the last week that we played there. We were fired that week. Well, not so much fired. Just the, the owner said, "Well, you guys have been here like three months. I'm going to get a new band." And, uh, okay, and Ronnie Heron. H-A-R-R-A-N was the booker at the Whiskey A Go-Go, came down, took one look at Jim Morris and fell in love and said, uh, uh, asked us if we wanted to be the house band of the Whiskey A Go-Go. We said, yeah, I think that's what we'll do, because that was Mecca, the Whiskey A Go-Go was the place we'd go to on our breaks and look in the door and see the famous bands and all of that. So we became the house band of the Whiskey A Go-Go. We were the opening act, so it was, it was us, the headliners, us, the headliners, two sets a night at $135 a week per guy. It was like, we'd become rich. At the uh, London Fog, we made, uh, you know, I don't know, five, ten dollars a night was all we made, and then the guy still owed us like $90 when we, <laughs> when we left the place. So we made lots and lots of money, and played with Van Morrison and them, played with uh, the Mothers of Invention and the Doors, the uh, Captain Beefheart and the Doors, Love and the Doors, uh, Buffalo Springfield and the Doors. You can see all of that on the summer of 66 at the Whiskey A Go-Go. So was having that regular job at the Whiskey an opportunity for you, say to work on songs like the longer ones, like the end and like when the music's over, yes. like, did they start off as, as short a song? Yes. And yes. then just grow yes. and evolve during the Whiskey? No, they, they grew and evolved during the London Fog. Ah. By the time we got to the Whiskey A Go-Go, we'd had, we'd had those long songs together. The London Fog is a place where there's nobody there. You can do anything you want. You know, there's two businessmen. They leave. There's two prostitutes. They leave. Three, pro- three sailors come in. They stay for a while. There's no girls. They leave. So we had to play four or five sets a night. So everything got stretched out and expanded and uh, turned into that's where we... That was our real workshop for the Doors, the London Fog. We get to the Whiskey and Go-Go, we're hard, tight, and hot, and we got Light My Fire is seven, eight minutes long with improvisation. The end is 11, 12, 13 minutes long. When the music's over, all of those songs were developed at the London Fog.
an album called The Doors London Fog 1966. We heard a previously unreleased live recording of the band performing Big Joe Williams' Baby Please Don't Go. What I found most intriguing about this album was that The Doors in May 1966 didn't quite know what direction they wanted to take. None of their covers suggested they would become a force in blues rock. It's only when you hear their early version of the song Strange Days. It seems to come out of nowhere that he was a band capable of mesmerising audiences with music that wouldn't bow to any discernible roots. I'd like to change direction on our next track and introduce you to a Canadian quartet, Le Palais à Collin, they're called, whose sound is a blend of folk and old-time jazz. While there are vocals on some songs, I found this one inspired by the fictitious Madame Bovary, subject of the famous French novel Irresistible. From their album St. Waves, we heard Canadian quintet Le Palais à Calan, they're called, and the opening part of a song whose English translation is Following Madame Bovary. Hardwired to self-destruct, Metallica's first album proper in eight years is a two-CD set with a bonus disc of live tracks and oddities that include covers of songs originally recorded by Deep Purple and Iron Maiden. Let's have a listen to the opening part of Halo on Fire from Metallica.
and a slice of Halo on Fire from the new album Hardwired to Self-Destruct. The Teskey Brothers from Melbourne, Australia, Sam, who plays lead guitar and singer Josh and their band, have recently released their second album Half Mile Harvest. Let's hear a piece of the opening track Crying Shame. and shame You just play me to me woman And that's a crying crying shame Since you've gone away and left me honey I've been crying with the pain She loved just like a king It's just like a little child I mean And you she loved just like your own game But you never really loved me, honey That's why I'm crying with the pain Shame from the Teskey Brothers featuring an outstanding lead vocal from Josh Teskey who seems to channel the spirit of Otis Redding from the Teskey Brothers new album called Half Mine Harvest. 
In December 2016, the Rolling Stones released their first studio album since 2005's A Bigger Bang. Recorded in just three days, Blue and Lonesome is the band's first ever album of covers. All 12 selections are originally recorded by blues artists and include four Little Walter songs, two by Howlin' Wolf, and one each from Magic Sam, Otis Rush, Jimmy Reed, Lightning Slim, Eddie Taylor, and this one originally recorded in 1971 by Little Johnny Taylor. With guest Eric Clapton on guitar, here are the Rolling Stones playing the blues. From their latest album of blues covers appropriately titled Blue and Lonesome, we heard some of the Rolling Stones' version of Little Johnny Taylor's Everybody Knows About My Good Thing with Eric Clapton on guitar. One of my favourite singer-songwriter musicians is Judy Sill. After leading a troubled life, she died in 1979 at the age of 35, having released only two magnificent albums. Admired by her contemporaries, her songs have been recorded by Warren Zevon, Bill Callahan, Sean Colvin, Beth Orton, Marianne Faithful, the Hollies to name just a few. Singer-songwriter Laura Veers wrote and sang lead on Song for Judy from a 2016 album Veers shared with Katie Lang and Nico Case. Before we play that one, I'd just like to share with you a song that Judy Sill recorded live in 1972 for the British TV music program Old Grey Whistle Test. Here's Judy Sill. And the kiss. Oh, yes, I've been wanting to do this little song here that I just wrote seven days ago, eight days ago, and uh, it's called The Kiss, and it's not on the first album because I just wrote it, but uh, this guy was asking me today 
about romantic songs, you know? And uh, I can't decide if this is a romantic song or a holy song, but whatever it is, it stands for that brief communion of a kiss, you know? Whether it's actually a kiss or whether it's just a moment that is locked in, you know? I don't know. Uh, I hope you like it.
From the album she shared in 2016 with KD Lang and Nico Case, that was Laura Veers and her song for Judy, inspired by Judy Sill, who sang The Kiss. My album from the attic in this edition of The Music Show was, up until early in 2017, virtually impossible to track down. While bootlegs existed, the Orman Brothers Band live from A&R Studios never received an official release until April 2016, 45 years after it was recorded in 1971 at a New York recording studio for a live radio broadcast attended by 400 invited fans. At the time of this performance, the original six-piece Orman Brothers band were coming off their artistic and commercial breakthrough, their double live album Live at Fillmore East, released only one month earlier that is considered by many critics and fans to be among the greatest live rock albums of all time. To put this release in perspective, it showcases the brilliance of the Orman Brothers Band in one of its finest hours of its finest year of 1971. It was also one of Dwayne Orman's final shows with the band that he and his brother Greg had formed in 1969. The virtuoso guitar player who in 1970 had played slide guitar alongside Eric Clapton on his Derek and the Dominoes album Layla was killed in a motorbike accident on October the 29th, 1971, at the age of 24. Let's begin with Blind Willie McTell's Statesboro Blues from the Orman Brothers Band. Here's some brothers from Macon, Georgia, I believe. The Orman Brothers Band. <laughs> Thank you. 
featuring the twin lead guitars of Dwayne Orman and Dickie Betts, we heard the Orman Brothers Band and the Statesboro Blues recorded live in 1971. Another blues cover in the band set at this time was written by Elmore James and popularised by Sonny Boy Williamson. Here are the Orman Brothers Band and One Way Out. From the once rare but now available, the Orman Brothers Band live from A&R Studios, originally recorded in 1971 for an audience of 400 fans. We heard the opening sessions of Blind Willie McTell's Statesboro Blues and Sonny Boy Williamson's One Way Out. While the band's roots were in blues and R&B, jazz and later country were also evident in their original compositions and songs they chose to cover. An instrumental in memory of Elizabeth Reed, written by guitarist Dickie Betts, captured the Ormonds at their most musically adventurous.
Brothers Band, going on. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Greg on. There's two drummers: Butch Trucks, J. Johnny Johnson, Barry Oakley, bass guitar, Dickie Betts, and the Brothers Allman, Dwayne and Greg. Despite the deaths of founder members Dwayne Orman in 1971 and bass guitarist Barry Oakley, who died under similar circumstances in motorbike accidents 12 <laughs> months apart, Betts, singer-keyboard player Greg Orman, drummers J-Mo and Butch Trucks, with various other musicians that included guitarist Warren Haynes and Derek Trucks, the nephew of Butch Trucks, kept the band alive. After 45 years on the road, the Orman Brothers Band played their final show on October the 8th 2014. Inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995, they remain one of the most respected rock acts of all time, their improvisational approach to live performances inspiring countless bands who came after them. In a sad postscript, it was recently announced that drummer and founder member Butch Trucks had died on January the 24th, 2017 at the age of 69. In an earlier edition of The Music Show, I featured an album by adventurous Swedish singer Casey Moyer and her band. Casey's followed that album up with a duo release, just her and Johan Moyer playing double bass, calling themselves Mother Jack. With splashes of glockenspiel, percussion, delay pedals and loops, Mother Jack's music with its jazz and funk inflections creates an atmosphere that's fresh and lots of fun. You want my mouth to speak for you and my heart to beat only for you. You want my mind to sing your tune and my thoughts to starve in silence. You want my dreams to nestle you and my feet too much for your causes. You want my life to hit your rules and my head to bow down before you. You tell me I'm pretty to cross my legs and play my role. Shut up and do as I'm told. As 
singer Casey Moyer and double bassist Johan Moyer calling themselves Mother Jack and a portion of Oblige, a song from their new album called Shout Until Our Lungs Are Blue. On a song called In Tuberone on Van Morrison's latest album Keep Me Singing, Tuberone is a town in Marin County, California by the San Francisco Bay. Van pays tribute to the beat scene, name-dropping poets Phil and Getty, Kirouac Ginsberg, Lenny Bruce and musicians Vince Guaraldi and Chet Baker. Let's have a listen to some of In Tuberone. Tuberone from Van Morrison's current album Keep Me Singing. I thought we'd wind up this edition of the music show with a live performance of Chet Baker referenced by Van Morrison in the song we just played. Released recently, Live in London, recorded as a quartet in 1983, features a bunch of songs from the Great American Songbook that include My Funny Valentine. I'm Billy Pinnell. Thanks for sharing the music show with me. Until we connect again, take care of each other and love the music.